Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence, learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We have a phenomenal lineup of callers today, so let's get right to it. We're starting in the UK, specifically Newcastle-upon-Tyne, which is the north part of the country near Scotland. And I am so delighted to say hello to Stephen. Stephen, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure, and it's great to hear you from across the Atlantic. I understand there's a bit of a storm underway. Yeah, so hopefully we can stay connected for, <laughs> the, for the whole length, but fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll, we'll look for positive karma from the universe. <laughs> So, my friend, I am interested. What challenging conversation or situation is on your mind today? Well, I think maybe, Molly, I'd like to pick up on previous ones which um, you've covered in the last few episodes. Now, I haven't. I'm not going to try and say that I've listened to them all. But the ones which I've uh, listened to, there seems to be um, a common problem between it's probably a global uh, event, but definitely between the US and the UK of how the, um, the breakdown in communication from senior management down to middle management, down to lower level. Now, the problems which um, I'm really interested in your view is that how how would you point senior management in a, into a position of where they are making either voluntary redundancies in large organizations and trying to keep the people motivated who haven't been selected for redundancies? It's a big topic and a lot we can cover on this. For listeners' benefit, Stephen, perhaps just give a little bit of your own background and experience so they might uh, understand where you're coming from. Sure. Well, well, my current role is classed as a private investor. Um, I've started numerous companies in the last 23 years. Um, I'm involved in a lot of different sectors. Um, Now, I don't personally manage people directly myself anymore. My role as an advisor would be where I'll go in and maybe guide senior investors, senior management and organizations which I've got an interest in. So my area uh, covers quite a broad spectrum really model. Fantastic. So that's a really privileged place to be, to have been within organizations and you know what it takes to make them work and then to be, you know, flying a little bit higher and seeing the bigger picture. So I appreciate you raising this. And I think yours is a unique opportunity to help influence folks because I think the, the number one thing, you know, when people ask me about what's missing in the workplace um, is I call it empathetic understanding, which sure. is really appreciating what it is like in each other's shoes. And oftentimes people think about more rationally, like the job and the task, and that is an important component. But I think a a larger uh, issue is not understanding what it feels like. Actually, what is the emotional experience? And not to get all squishy about it, but at the end of the day, we're humans and our emotions are a big part of the human experience, right? Otherwise, we're not. Yeah. So, and, and I, I think I've, I've seen people, I've actually heard senior leaders say, there's no place for emotion in a business, you know? And I'm thinking, well, mm-hmm. if you're Hermes or Jaguar, I think you think a lot, there's a lot of room yeah. for positive emotion, right? And how people feel about uh-huh. products and it, make, it affects their decisions. So I think that this, this breakdown 
that you bring up. And I, and it's so interesting because last night a, f- a good friend called me about this, this kind of how the senior management might not may be quite disconnected from mm-hmm. their own managers, but the, the individual contributors as well. So I, I, I think that the first thing is just that awareness at all levels. So I'm, I'm, I don't mm-hmm. want to make this just about the senior managers, but you know, Hey, yeah. other people may not be experiencing this the way I do one and two, I therefore may really not have a clue of what their real experience is. And I know that that sounds kind of obvious, but for most of us, you know, walking around what I call our reality, you have reality, I have reality. We both think we're right. And if we're not really openly discussing and bringing up differences, we don't really know that we're not on the same page. So this Mm -hmm. I think is is a really basic point. And I think for leaders, yeah, listen, I don't know any leaders who tell me, well, I want to make it unsafe. I don't want to hear what people have to think. I really, yeah, yeah. I, I know they're out there. I haven't, you know, crossed paths with them. So I think for employees, the assuming of a, a positive intention that leaders want to go there and they, they, if things seem like they're not great, it's not because leaders want them to be not great. So mm-hmm. I think that this positive intention helps people come together and, and hopefully see goodness in each other. And yeah. I'll just pause, right? Yeah. So you've been in places if, if, if there are leaders or there are employees who don't have positive intention, who don't want to support the whole, that's a separate problem. And that's, that's a culture that's not a fit. And so mm-hmm. you, you need to deal with that because otherwise that really harms the whole. So um, getting to this topic and I, um, the voluntary, you know, having you have to make reductions, mm-hmm. redundancies mm-hmm. and motivating people. When you have to make change, it's really important to articulate like what's what's going on in the environment that's causing the change and mm-hmm. especially senior folks as, as you've been in those shoes they have a big picture they know what's going on so it's easy to forget that other people don't have the benefit of the broad view that you do not that they have to know mm-hmm. everything but you have to help people understand what's changed and otherwise if you don't tell them they will make it up and generally they don't make it up <laughs> In the right yeah, way, yeah. right? So I think that that's a big part of helping people appreciate what we're trying to do, honoring people who you do have to let go. And this is really important because the people who stay are watching their colleagues, friends, you know, and if they're not treated in a way that they feel is honored, they're like, well, I'm next. So that's a fear creating kind of thing, yeah. right? So, and, and, then I, and then I think it's, People may not like what has to go on, but to the extent that leaders can help the team appreciate we're doing this. And if you are in our shoes, you know, this is, you know, you, you could see this is what we would, you would do too. And again, we're not mm-hmm. trying to get everyone to like it, but they can appreciate that as a leader, your job is to the whole. And if it's clear that the decisions are made so that the whole entity can continue to thrive and that's going to serve uh, the organization longer term, people will get that. So, um, you know, I, I, those are a few thoughts to start. How is that landing for you? It's, it's it, for sure. There's some very clear points there. And like on previous um, podcasts that you've recently done, I know, I know similar discussions have come up, of, you know, where the trust element, and I think we both touched on it, um, is so it just seems to be lost in a lot of especially large organizations and this particular point that i've just raised it's difficult difficult as well when if there's a merger involved which there is on this circumstance and there's a completely different divide of culture now the new culture is being adopted but it's taking so long to bring everyone onto the same page. Now, when some people don't like to sort of move or adopt this new culture or even come under this culture name and they sort of move against that, it just creates the whole problem and it makes it so much worse, especially when they feel that well, I wanted the redundancy. I've put 20 years service. I want my payout. 
and someone else who's been there for a small amount of time has been maybe let go. And then this dynamic now of where you've got a large portion of people maybe working for the fact of, well, I want my payout, so I'm going to stay with the company. But I'm not staying here for the company for the right reason. Now, this culture which they're trying to move the company forward is just not going anywhere. But they cannot see this. Wow. So I'm hearing you, merger situation. I love these situations. And some of the folks see the financial need to stay, right? Because there's mm-hmm. an opportunity yeah. to stay and they want that. Yeah. So they're driven by mm-hmm. money. They're not really a fit mm-hmm. for the culture. Don't really want to stay in that culture. Exactly. That's brutal. So for sure, that's a tough situation. And, and this is a large organization. Yeah, that's a hard, hard thing. You, you know, you would have hoped that before people could understand the people you'd like to keep and keeping them motivated. I mean, this I could go without saying in pre, um, you know, acquisition, pre-merger conversations, but we'll let that go because that didn't happen. So I think Mm -hmm. acknowledging the reality for what it is, you know, as a senior team is saying, hey, what, what, what have we created here? And owning the fact that we have this situation and let's just own it for what it is and say it for what it is. And so if you've got folks who are there for a paycheck and that's not going to serve how the organization delivers results, the opportunity is to, you know, work with these folks and understand, you know, what can take them from a place of just wanting the money to actually wanting to be at this place to help it to thrive and to grow with it. And so this gets me, and I mentioned this last night to my friend, I think these environments really call for the highest level of leadership. It's hard. That's really hard work because you, to be able to understand what moves people and to, to help them know that you actually as a leader care that takes some work. And if that hasn't been something that's been part of the culture where people feel connected to their leaders, mm-hmm. um, I know that it might seem like it's hopeless, but I want folks to know that you can turn that around. It is a turnaround, though. And sure. so acknowledging that, hey, we're realizing that and we take ownership at the top because we've created this culture. It starts there. So let us think about how, are, how have we been part contributing this, owning that. And then helping lay a vision for what you'd love it to be so that people could be part of it. And then I would offer that co-creating, really reaching out within the ranks. Sure. Say, look at sure. we want to create a place. That- yes, exactly. Right. I mean, I know it seems crazy. I think sometimes leaders think we have to have all the answers and we roll it out. Then I think this could be a good opportunity to really show some vulnerability, realize that all the best answers aren't necessarily in the boardroom. And right really empower people to speak up. Have you seen um, situations where you've, the rank and file have been empowered, you know, in, in your experience to really step up? Yeah, it's funny because I've, it's funny as well with LinkedIn as a platform that I've, I've been testing things uh, with them because I keep my network quite small. Um, I only sort of, which really is just from a private investor's um, view really where it's not that the fact that I don't want to connect with more people but it's obviously it's just managing the content that's there now I've recently thought to myself well like how 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 we've met is it's it's so interesting to to hold a conversation from or even exchange a few messages and then how we're communicating today. Now, really, from, from, from your question, when you, you, you say where that's, I like to try and call people out about it's okay saying things on a website or it's okay saying things on a podcast or, or it's okay saying, you know, on a television show and especially about culture within business. But then when you actually break down the door and you see what's going on behind the door and it's completely different. I think it needs to be sort of, you know, called upon. And when you can, you know, ask questions of senior people and they respond very quickly and 
with the the right way of how you can address maybe an issue or something that you've read. I just think it's really, really the sign of a true leader. Now, yes, there is times where I've been really, really surprised um, where they go above and beyond. And and it's, it's the simple things for me, Molly. Where, and I think this is what's missing in business. That there's a lot of complicated guidelines that people follow and empathy, trust, and relationship, to me, are the, it's, it's what it's all got to come back down to. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think for um, leaders out there, it's just realizing that that's a very proactive place one needs to come from and the showing of empathy, the engendering of trust, um, the building of relationship is cannot be assumed. People, you know, it's not easy to um, disagree with senior folks and people just need to realize that. And they also, it's also easy to think that senior people are larger than life and you're just a person too. And so the leaders who can, you know, just be who they are and reach out and really show caring at this point in time. I think there's big points for that. And I just, I don't think that that is something to, to gloss over. And I think that there are some leaders for whom that maybe isn't the most comfortable place because that, necess- that isn't necessarily how they move through space in the yeah. past. And I think that that is okay to acknowledge that that might not be, you know, what you're used to. But let's just be clear, you know, when leaders, leaders have to grow, the leaders have to create headroom for the organization. So it's a way to telegraph to the organization, we're growing too, to create space for everyone else to step up. And that just reinforces that we're all, we're all in it together. Um, Well, this is an interesting scenario. I'll look forward to staying tuned with um, how it plays out. Stephen, we've chatted a bit. I'm curious, is there a top takeaway in your own mind? I think the the takeaway for me is that um, from what's been said today and from previous ones which we've picked up on how we've come around this topic is just that people just need to just communicate nice and clearly and simple. And from senior, middle, lower, however you want to categorize, we're all the same. If if someone were, is working on the workshop floor cannot go to the management, if someone in the man, if someone in the sales team cannot go into the CEO and have an open conversation, there is something seriously wrong. If someone feels that they are better or cannot think, well I cannot speak to this other person that's the problem within the company. Yeah. Back to basics. I love it. Stephen, thank you for making time. I'm glad the connection held out, and I hope that the storm passes. Uh, you know how to reach me. If I can be of more help, you let me know, and I appreciate you calling in and being part of the solution. You take good care. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Molly. Ciao. Bye now. <sighs> okay. We're back in the U.S. We're heading down south to Alabama and a warm welcome to Taylor. Taylor, thanks for joining me. Hey, Molly. I'm glad to be here. So, my friend, what is top of mind for you? Well, so I actually have two questions if we have time, but they're both all about how how to say no. Um, So, I'll start with the first one is I need advice on workload communication, and I'll provide a little context. Um, before I give you a chance to answer. But I'm in the marketing industry. Um, I'm, I'm super early on in my career. You know, I've been out of college and with this company for two years now. Um, but I'm a bit, you know, people pleasy and I can struggle to say no to projects and tasks even if, you know, I'm drowning in my work. <laughs> so I find myself with really heavy workloads sometimes and I feel like, you know, I have so much to do you know, I can even be in the situation of, you know, have so much to do, don't know where to start. So I don't know how to talk to my boss about taking some of those things off my plate. So I would love your advice on um, how to approach my boss on um, my workload. Uh, 
I love this because I get asked this a lot. And so I think listeners probably can relate because I think people have found themselves drowning at least once in their career. So kudos to you and congratulations for being early in career and, uh, and on a marketing track. So let me ask you, when we think about this whole Say It Skillfully, the framework is really straightforward. It starts within me. Then you think about the other person. Then you think about the highest level of the organization. So in a situation like this, um, just share with me, how do you feel? Like, what's it like when you think about telling your boss, oh, my gosh, I can't I handle this. It's too much. Yeah. So um, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I think that is my pride is somewhat of the problem, right? Is that I, you know, like everyone else, want to be needed at my company and want to be reliable and want to be that go-to person. So I think that it's somewhat of an internal battle with myself that, you know, oh my gosh, if I say no to something or express that I'm overwhelmed, that my team will think I'm, you know, not capable or, you know, I fear that, oh my gosh, what if my boss doesn't rely on me anymore to take on projects or, you know, they don't rely on me as much to take on projects. So I think that um, potentially some of it, if not, you know, a good bit of it is this internal fear because I do have a good relationship with my boss. Um, So that's where I'm I'm at now. (laughs) So this is great. Congratulations, Taylor. Great awareness. Kudos, because that's where it all starts. So work with it. I'm not saying to deny that or make yourself bad or wrong. I really appreciate that you can be honest with yourself because being in good relationship with yourself is the number one thing to being able to express yourself positively and productively, right? So you're a good way of the way there. So a way that you might think about this differently, if you were, so imagine you were the boss, you have people working for you. They're really bright. They're very capable. They're, you know, in the right roles and they're feeling drowning, would you want them to just drown? Oh, no way. (laughs) No way. So what you're doing now is put yourself in your boss's shoes. The boss is like mortified. If your boss knew that you were really drowning and it was just not right, wouldn't your boss want to jump in and have a conversation and figure something out? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, that recognition, give yourself, I would say, give, Taylor gives herself permission to say, listen, it's a bit of an ego thing. That's okay. We have an ego and it can serve us sometimes and it can not serve us. It can be serve us. It can be true. It can, so don't let your ego get the better part of you. So now you're like, okay, wait a second. Now I need to say something. And I'm um, sensing that you are, you really want to contribute and help your organization, right? Yeah. Right. And so if you are either not even knowing what to do first or drowning or not able to be effective, is that ultimately really helping the organization? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So it's not. So the thing is, you you want to be doing what you can be doing to contribute in the, the best way for the organization. And by the way, you're going to feel awesome when you do that too. So it's a win-win, right? So this is just getting, say, okay, so now... Now, what I'm hearing is you're like, okay to say something. Is that right? You're, you're willing to kind of go there and say something? Um, I'm more willing, yes. Okay. We'll go with it's more willing. Take, That's it's good. It's going to take a little thinking for me to, you know, like it's, it's the pride thing maybe. Or, you know, I, I also, when I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, is, are there even enough hours in the day <laughs> to do what I need to do? And I'm like, well, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe is it a time management thing instead? And so I tend to overthink right. things. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is so great. So this is great. I was just taking the first baby step with just this sense of, you know, Taylor being willing to consider saying something. So now let's think about how. Now we're into the how to have a conversation. And I just want you to know when times are a bit tough, there's a bit of struggle. That's where there's opportunity for growth. So you want to lean into this. You're like, this is a great opportunity to grow. This isn't a problem. We just want to make it go away. And that's a growth lens for you. And for all listeners, when we're uncomfortable, when it's not quite right, you can be, you know, kind of looking at it like annoying, wish it would go away. Or, and you can control this, you can think about this, ha, what's the opportunity here? How can I use this 
as a way to be better. Okay? So I just offer you that you can control how you think about this. And if you think about it in a growth way, I would tell you the, the most successful people tend to take on challenges that way. Okay? So part of the opportunity with the boss is the boss may not realize that it doesn't sound like, you know, without having a conversation that this is going on for you. So you think about if I'm in the boss's shoes, what, you know, how am I going to create um, an on-ramp to the conversation that lands well with the boss? So it might be, uh, I'd love to have a conversation about my workload because I know I, I want to be able to do my best work and contribute in the biggest way to the organization. I am struggling a bit and I would love to have a conversation with you. So I just use that as a, a potential intro statement to set up a meeting. How does that land for you? Yeah. And do you think that, I mean, so thinking about things that you've already committed to, um, you know, whether that be cross-functional departments um, that you've committed to or um, things internally that you've committed to, and um, do you think taking that same approach applies to that situation? Absolutely. Cause you, and so this is the situation and we all find it. You've, you've taken out this uh, load and now you're taking stock and you're like, this is, does not seem workable the way I'm looking at it right now. And you can obsess about it on your own, Taylor, or you can reach out and say, wait a second, am I, am I understanding the scope of work the right way? Am I understanding the priority the right way? And that, if you just let it stew in your head, unlikely you're going to kind of resolve that. And so it could, in the spirit of helping the team saying, I know I committed to this. I want to, I want to level set here because I want to make sure I deliver in the right way. And I'm not sure that I actually have all the information I have to make the right call. Okay. And so that's a reality check. So if you really got into a state where there's overload and something's going to need to go, but you just want to be able to have everybody appreciate that it isn't you, you're making a personal choice to not do someone's work, but Let's all come together and think about for the organization, what are the top priorities? And in cross-functional yeah. work, you know, it's a it's a give and take. And in the spirit of look at, you know, I can appreciate other folks maybe, um, you know, under a, a big burden too. So I'm not saying I'm unique. I definitely feel like I need a little help and some information for folks, so that right, I can really support you folks in the best way. And if you're worried about saying, you know, like, I'm worried about coming across as not a team player. I'm worried about, you know, that I, 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 I'm not able to do as much. Just be upfront and say, you know, I, I, I want folks to know I really want to do it all. And I'm a little worried you're going to think I'm not trying. I really want to do this the right way. So please, you know, I'd love a chance for us to have a conversation about it. You know, every, we're all human. And, and I, let me tell you, people will relate. Everyone's been in a situation. They feel like they're getting piled piled on, you know, and, and people can relate to that. So let me pause there. Yeah. How's that landing? No, that's awesome. And I, I caught wind of um, the, the um, guests before me and their takeaway was, you know, communication is everything. And that's, um, I mean, exactly what I'm getting here is that, you know, just communicate. Communication is key. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate your advice. Yeah, so let's then take it the next level. So you've got, you set up the call and saying, and this, so I really want to communicate here because I know that working together, we can come up with the best answer, right? And bosses want to be needed, by the way, right? So they get to come in. Think of this. You're not, you're, you don't want to, you know, prevent them from having an opportunity for being a bit of a hero and saying, hey, I, I want to just run by with you how I'm thinking about this and, I, you know, I, I have to be honest, my experience now is I'm drowning a bit and I don't feel like I'm doing my best work for you or for the organization. And then be very clear. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. The, and so prioritize scope in a very summary way because remember, they don't know your workload. So you need to just help them appreciate, okay, so this is how I'm thinking about it. Level set with me. What do I have, right? What could I switch and, and make it a conversation but you want to make sure that you don't assume that your boss is clued into the, you know, the depths of despair that you have in your workload. And this is where in communicating, you know, being very summary, right? Here's a project. This is what it is. 
This is how much time, you know, just being net, not drowning in words and information. This is where I would say your executive tailor comes in, right? Boom, boom, boom. And that takes some planning, right? If you don't plan for a conversation and just go in with your boss is going to be like, whoa, what is this? That Mm -hmm. may not land well. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely makes sense. Um, I've never thought about it that way, but. Yeah, that's that's really great um, advice. That's awesome. Are we good on that question? Because you mentioned you had another, but I don't want to jump to the second one until we've nailed this one. No, I think that that's great. Um, this the n- next question is not as heavy, I'd say, but um, it's really, you know, how do you say no to discussing a topic? And I know that um, this can apply to a situation that's outside of your personal life, but it happens more often in the workplace, right? Um, And so, you know, you don't want to come off as rude as you're setting boundaries or leave a bad taste in someone's mouth, especially if you're, you know, early on in your career and you're still making these impressions and building relationships. So do you have any tips on how to say no to discussing, you know, a a sensitive topic or just a topic you don't want to discuss in the workplace? Great. Great to bring it up. And you have choice. And I think it's important to realize that the way you say that will reflect on you. So, um, you know, I think everyone has things they're more or less comfortable with and um, doing so that the energy, how you, sh- how you literally come across as your, whatever words you use is probably the most important thing here. And I should say back with going with a boss is the same thing. You're coming in with a, a sense of can do, you're very motivated you're very open, right? So when you when the person feels the that kind of energy from you, it sets a good space for the conversation. So in this case, right? Let's just say something. I'm just going to bring up. I'll just make it up. Smoking, and it's very like I'm I'm very triggered by smoking. I don't want to talk about it. If you say oh, I don't want to talk about it, it, it is potentially is a bit off putting. You know, for folks, doesn't put you in your best light. So it might be ah, oh, you know. Danny, I love working with you and you've been so helpful and acknowledge someone in a positive way. Do me a favor. This is just one of those areas that I would just rather uh, not talk about. So we'll just leave it off the table. I, I hope that you can understand that and I really appreciate that. Short and sweet, not a lot. Pause. Love it. <laughs> How's that land? Yeah. With a smile. I mean, one of the biggest compliments someone gave me once is like, Molly, you can say no, and you can share bad news, and I feel great. <laughs> so so this, the ability to just say, hey, I, it's totally a valid topic. You know, it's just something for me I, I don't want to cover. Thanks so much for understanding. Yeah. Smile. Sweet. I like right? that. Short and sweet. Smile. Okay. So you've been super. We've covered a lot. Um, as we wrap, what would be your top takeaway from our conversation, Taylor? Um, I think that, again, communication is key. Um, You know, communication is, you know, crucial for building relationships, building trust. Um, Don't be afraid to speak up. And and sometimes it's not okay to overshare, right? So I think that's one of the issues I have is like oversharing. So that's something that I need to work on. Um, But I really appreciate it. And um, woo, communication. Yay. That's awesome. You're fantastic. I appreciate your energy. Your organization is very fortunate, Taylor. You take good care. If I can be of more help, reach out. And I want to thank you for being part of the solution. All right. Thanks, Molly. Ciao, ciao. Ah, We love the young folks. And we're getting even younger. We're my final caller. We're going uh, back to where I am in New York City. I am very excited that Alev is making time in her hectic school schedule to join us. Welcome, Alev. Hello. Now, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Uh, yeah, it's um, Alev. Alev, Alev. Thank you, uh, Alev. I tr- mm-hmm. really want to get that straight. It's a beautiful name. So, Alev, what is on your mind? Um, well, uh, recently I have decided to start a club at my school, which is about women empowerment. 
And um, one of the problems I had with starting this club is that I asked my friend to help me out with it. And um, she understood it more as, like, we're both taking credit for coming up with this idea and putting it in place. But really, it was me. And so um, I got into a kind of argument with her and trying to understand both our, our points. And, yeah. Ah, uh, fairly, really great. So first of all, kudos to you for having the initiative and starting a group to help uh, women empower themselves. I'm cheering for you all the way. And uh, I'm curious, when you reached out to your friend, can you give me a little bit of insight with what you said to her, how much she knew about it? I'm just curious how you approached it. Well, once I got the idea, I was um, excited about it. And um, I think I, since it's something I really care about, I thought it would be great if um, I had somebody to um, share it with me and to help me with it. So um, when I had the idea, I automatically told my friend. And um, she thought it was a great idea. And then I asked her if she would like to um, help me out in a way, um, find out some activities we could probably do in the club. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so um, when you mentioned the... It sounded like you you internalized she wanted to take credit. So just say a little bit more about how that came up for you. Um, well, um, I think the way I phrased it for her sounded like, um, like for this club, I would be president. And she thought we would be partners in this. But I thought of her more as um, a vice president. And that's really where the confusion came. And I guess once um, the uh, once she had the um, idea in her hand that would be partners, it was kind of hard to um, change what I wanted to initially do with the club. Sure. Totally understand that. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge you. This title thing is a very big deal, like, for the rest of your life, okay? So people really uh-huh. do focus on titles, rightly or wrongly. So it's a, it's you're getting an early experience of it, Olive. So it's very normal. You know, um, there's – I was talking to the previous caller about the no role of ego, and ego can be a virtue and it can be a vice. You know, so no judgment on it per se, but you don't want the ego to get in the way. And so this is a great opportunity for you and your friend just to think about, okay, um, what's, what, is, what does it mean to each of us? Um, what does president having that title mean to you? And mm-hmm. what does vice president, you know, what's the difference in the roles? And being upfront and honest is the president having to make more decisions, you know, what, not just a pure hierarchy, but do you see a relationship mm-hmm. where it's equal and we're, we're partnering or is there going to be more work for someone? So take yourselves out of it and think about if we're, and if I'm, if I'm hearing you, women's empowerment, there's probably some sense of a mission and you want to help folks. And so you want to really support the cause, right? It's really about yeah. the cause, right? And so, have a conversation about well, what what do the roles do, um, and how would we support this cause? And if there is a reason to to think of you know a president and a vice president because that supports it, that's great. Um, if it really is a fifty fifty sharing, it's a different way of thinking of it, and that maybe that makes a co president. The, a better construct, but if you can take your personal side out of it and think about what serves the whole, that can be a way to maybe think about it differently. So let me just pause there. What's coming for you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that um, 
Well, like you said, that title really does matter. And as president, I see myself um, doing most of the work. And um, and I think that's uh, what my friend didn't understand was that um, how much the title is important to me. And, okay. um, and that's what I need to clear up. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. If the if you just say, "Hey, part of this thinking for me," let me just explain it. And I think as you approach your friend, saying, "Hey, first things first, you are my friend. I value you as my friend beyond this project because we have lots of things that we'll be friends mm-hmm. on. This is just one project in life, right?" You look straight in the eye and let her know that that's what really matters is the friendship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then saying, I yeah. want to look up at this objectively, right? And you can even blame me. I talked to someone about it. And the way, you know, th- taking the people aside, you know, potentially I start this and we start this and it, tr- it stays on forever and ever. And, you know, I think the roles that are needed are this. What do you think? Right. And just, just agree mm-hmm. on that. Just take yourselves out of it. And then say, you know, one of the things for me is I do see that the lion's share of the work um, with the, the president and that that person should get credit for that because there is, you know, way more work that's getting done. And to see, do you, you see that? Do you agree? You see what she, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. The other thing I want to share with you is for me, you know, and there's a founder thing. So you could be founder and president. For me, it just, there's something that really, really matters for me personally if I can have that space for what I stand for and this, and then see how she responds, you know, cause it's something that you really mm-hmm. care about in the grand scheme of things is this is not, you know, the end of the world by any stretch. And she may realize how the lion's share of the work and the personal caring that you have is something that she can understand. And you might say, you know what? I apologize. Cause I, I don't think I was very clear as I laid this out and, I may have set a misexpectation, and I want to own that. Mm-hmm. So let me pause there. Yeah, How is that? Be, I think that would be a very nice uh, way to um, clear up um, my situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think the listen the, the personal relationship thing. I just want to um, applaud you. Allah, for, for being very intentional about this and working it because this is just how life is, you know? So all these situations happen. Mm-hmm. So in the future, in the future, as you sit back, it's helpful to, to know what's going on for you, right? And if you have an idea or a thought, mm-hmm. not that you shouldn't just brainstorm with people, but as you approach people, just appreciate that you have a first chance to make that first impression and there's only one and so Mm -hmm. if you're coming forth with something excited about you know having a little bit of of your homework done and thinking about how you want others to receive it generally will pay off quite well because you'd be like ah how is this person what are they going to think about it and it just gives you a chance to put yourself in in this case your friend's shoes to make sure that you know your idea lands the way that you would like to and you can't control how the other person responds, but you can do your best to influence um, their responding in a way that that is what you would like to have happen. Is that making sense? Right. Yeah, it does make sense. Okay. So now how are you feeling? Do you feel equipped? Uh, is there something else I can help you with for whatever? What's your next step, I guess I should ask? I think my next step will be... Um, to approach my friend in a better way than um, I did last time and uh, use what you told me to um, focalize more on like how, how I value that person and, um, and also just clear up, um, clear up my mistake because um, I do understand that uh, when I didn't, tell her about the club, there was some confusion. I love it. It's amazing that (laughs) the world's going to be better with people like you, Olive. Um, Is there anything else that I can help you with? 
No, I think uh, you've really helped me today. That's fantastic. Let me just take a quick step because I do want the listeners to hear a bit more about your thinking. I know it's early stages, but your Women's Empowerment mm-hmm. Club, what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Um, well, I'm hoping to um, create a safe space for girls in my school to um, really come together and talk about um, like personal things um, about being a woman. And I hope that we could, I could teach them about um, history of women's rights and um, also talk about um, current events that are affecting women. I love it. That's fantastic. Um, if I can be of mm-hmm. help to you, if you want to run anything by me, I am here for you. Um, if you had to pick one top takeaway from our conversation, I'll have, what would it be today? I think it would be, um, um, it would be, um, how to value a friendship and remind the person that you chose them for a reason. Yeah. Great. Great. I am cheering for you big time. Please, please, please reach out. Let me know how it goes, if I can be of more help, right? And you uh, okay. you are a great part of the solution, and I'm very, very, very inspired by you. You take good care. Thank you. Me too. Yeah, have a nice rest of the day of the class. Well, how fabulous is she? Okay, folks, don't worry. The next generation is going to make this world right Okay, I have one scenario I have been waiting to do, and it is around uh, email stress and being able to to ask for what you need around email. So uh, here's the scenario. I had read a, a business insider piece, and research had showed how, um, recent research, how work email is really stressing people out. And researchers from the London Business School and from Cornell University investigated how non-urgent emails were received by workers when they were sent out of regular working hours. And the research found um, that receivers can greatly overestimate how urgently they need to respond, which causes stress. Uh, so um, they had offered a way for folks to be part of the solution, and they suggested that when you're sending emails, be explicit about the expectations so that it can alleviate the stress, which I think is super great. So um, I think particularly in this environment where people are not having high touch time, the levels of trust, the levels of comfort you know, about people's security at work isn't super high, right? So I just wanted to offer some additional suggestions to both the sender and receivers. And I think for teams, this could be a great conversation um, in team meetings to just do a level set for how people are feeling, give them a chance to share their voices about how the collaboration in the team is going. And I want to first start by a shout out to my dear friend and the chairman and CEO of WD40, Gary Ridge. And he leaves nothing to chance because in his email footer, he literally writes this in red. I may be working in a different time zone to you. And I'm sending this message now because I'm working. I don't expect that you will respond to or action it outside of your preferred working times, period. Full stop. A clear message. I absolutely love it. Now, if your sender isn't as uh, explicit, I'd like to empower you, the receiver, in two ways. Okay, so first one, be aware of how you're feeling when you get an email from a particular sender. You know, you see the, the email coming in, whoa, it's natural to be more amped up if your boss is sending a note, okay? Do your best not to put your own self into a tailspin. Right? So set boundaries for yourself of when you choose to respond or even look, right? Um, and by the way, if you really need some downtime, whether that's weekends or holidays, this, just be proactive. Stuff's going to come up, 
but set up a way for how to contact you if it's truly an emergency. So you have the peace of mind that says, look at no one's contacting me. I'm good. And people can be much, it can be very um, proactive on that front. And then, you know, whether you're one-on-one or with your team, you know, just to give you some words, it might sound like this team. I have a suggestion to help us be more effective. And I really appreciate your thoughts. For me, it would be a huge help if I knew the urgency and importance of your emails. I want to be super responsive, though, especially when emails come in after hours, I really want to honor my family time. What do we think about being explicit? Say in the subject line, you know, that clarifies when something's due in the sense of urgency. Thoughts? Okay. So just want to offer that you've done your part to raise this with uh, the intention of really improving life for you and for the whole team. Um, so hopefully that gives folks a way that they can be proactive, being part of the solution and making a better environment for you as well. Okay. That uh, is how we'll wrap. Let me share my thought for the week. And I think I saw this on Instagram. When you learn that a person's behavior has more to do with their internal struggle than it ever did with you, you learn grace. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your own top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.